0: Hello, bonjour, welcome to the Football English Podcast. I'm your host Liam and once again this week I'm joined by Tom. Hello everyone. I'm Jonathan. Everyone, nice to be here. On this week's episode we'll be taking a look at the recent matches in the Europa League with West Ham and the winning league at the weekend against Strasbourg. Diving into what looks like it might be a much more difficult game against West Ham in the week and the Europa League with um, a barrage of injuries picked up at the weekend in the Strasbourg match. And we'll also be taking a look at things outside of the men's teams with some successes for both the, uh, the young guns in the academy and um, OL uh, feminine, which have also got to the UC- UCL semi-finals so hopefully a positive ending to the podcast but it comes back down to uh, the men's team which I'm sure we're all really excited to talk about. I'm going to come to the Strasbourg game first and then we'll talk about the West Ham games as one entity obviously and nice to flow on from that way. I guess really it seems like a performance we've seen six, seven times this season where it's quite lacklustre. To be honest I was quite bored watching it Um. I guess what is there much to say? 1 1, you know, 1 0 down to essentially some awful defending. Azor just out heads Damian De Silva. And then from there to puts the ball home. Is there anything really you can say other than just a pretty average poor performance, Tom?
1: I think even average is giving it too much credit. I think uh, it was pretty poor. Um yeah, I mean, I, I caught it up uh, today, um, not having watched it live, um, thinking, you know what, I'm going to end my weekend somewhat sane after United and, and all my good teams and even, you know, and lost to the Derby as well. So I was like, this might be a bit much uh, to, to also have Leon losing. Um, in the end, we, we scraped to a to draw, but um, I don't know. Most of the game, it felt like um, it was just awful. And I... Before we get into how bad we were, I think uh, a lot of credit goes to um, to Strasbourg because you know the whole stadium was full. They had great tifos, um, atmosphere was sensational, and and Strasbourg played well. I mean, it's still to this day, struggle to understand how Strasbourg are still fourth and in the running for for Champions League um, football or definitely European football as a whole. Um, I guess we saw a bit more of it this weekend. Uh, it's it's solid defensively and, and very good attacking. I think it's not necessarily the most technical players. You know, you only look at the captain being Léonard and and so on, but they're efficient. Uh, they combine great, you know, decent players around the pitch and have a great collective, which I think is something we should uh, definitely be trying to follow. Uh, Leon, um, so hats off to them first. But when it comes Back to Leon, it's, it's once again another poor defensive showing. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about um, the West Ham goal as well later on, but it just felt like another, as, as Cafe du Commerce puts, a clown goal and it's just uh, a ridiculous one uh, where, you know, completely at the fault of Vendon Belay, partially, and, and, and lack of communication as a whole. So, disappointing but you know eventually we, we did get at least a draw which I guess is something we can take. Um, it's if, it, I think it's practically a stolen draw to be honest I feel bad for Strasbourg at this point but um, you know credit is due where credit is due. so we'll take the point um, if it means staying up uh, in the first half of the table at the end of the season then we're happy about it.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> it doesn't bring us any closer to Europe.
0: If that's all we've got to be happy about at the end of the season, I don't really want to watch the rest of the season, to be honest. It, um, yeah, I think you're right. Strasbourg will probably feel hard done by on the flow of the game. Obviously, we scored really late on from um, toko Akambi's back post-finish. It it wasn't a game that will be remembered long in the memory, I'm sure. If it even is memorable at the slightest part of your brain to be honest when it was only played yesterday i'm struggling to remember parts of the match it just you tweeted after the game jonathan that or it might have even been before the game that it's becoming a bit difficult to get you know g'd up for the matches and feel like you can believe that the team's going to be able to produce a performance because what we saw there was it wasn't even one half FC. We probably played well for 15 minutes as a collective during the match. It, it Strasbourg were a good team. I like what Julien Stefan's done. They've probably had more success than us in the last three, four years when you look at the trophy cabinet and the fact they're punching well above the weight in the fourth position. They're a really well run club. As you said, Tom, they play some nice football. But is that really an excuse, as you said, Jonathan, the fact that? It's difficult to get excited for these games when you kind of expect that this was going to be the same result that we saw on the pitch.
2: No, it's not normal. I mean, our our budget is about four times the budget of Strasbourg, and if you told us when the season started, oh, you a win against Strasbourg and you're right back in the race for you know Europa League, you'd be you'd be that's no problem. We beat Strasbourg a bunch of times. Um, Strasbourg scored eight goals, I think, in the last nine games. They're they're a good team, but they're supposed to be no match for for Lyon, and they were a match. They were a better team uh, overall, um, and it was it's hard to to see because, like like you know, you mentioned it in the intro. But we're just there's not much to play for in this season, and unless we have some miraculous Europa League win, we're going to have one of the worst seasons we can remember. Um, so we're just going all in on that competition. And we'll know very soon whether our season goes goes on. Because if, if we're eliminated from, from the Europa League, I just think players don't care. I'm starting to think that most players who are there are either thinking about, they don't think long-term with Lyon. They think, I'm going to be here for another season, another half a season. It doesn't matter to them if the club plays in Europe next year. What they care about is Winning a trophy right now for their own personal gain, so Europa League is appealing to them because they can win something that's cool, but they don't care. A lot of the players don't care if Lyon goes to Champions League or Europa League next season because in their minds they're not going to be there. So I think that's a problem. There's not a lot of long term stability. There's no players that are that are building on for the future. It's always short term, and I think the fans. I I think a lot of fans are feeling this way. It's it's very difficult right now to get attached. Um and I don't know how how to fix it. I don't know Leo's not going to spend a much of money on new players. I think it comes from ownership. There needs to be a new change of structure and a new change of direction and maybe the fans will get excited again, but for this season it's really tough because every game we're like, "Oh, if we win this game, we're back in it." And then we don't win it. And at some point you just have to say, "This is this is our position. We are 10th." We deserve to be 10th. We're not a good team. And other teams are better. And we just have to move on and, and and hope for a miracle in the Europa League and at least to get some emotions this season because it's been really poor.
0: I think it's been a difficult season all around, as you've just said. This game is something, as I said at the top of the show, it feels like I've witnessed it, been part of it, tried to be invested in it countless times this season. It's difficult to really describe the downfall of a team that essentially three years ago was a consistent in the Champions League. And now, as you said, Tom, a point against Strasbourg is possibly a positive result considering we're 10th and they're 4th. As you said, Jonathan, we've got a great record against Strasbourg since they came up a few years ago. We've essentially beaten them. I think we've only failed to beat them twice this being the third time and it it almost feels like well if that's what we've got to look forward to what's the point obviously we're fans of the club so we're not going to down tools and say no we're here to create content for you guys as well but it's difficult to get excited about almost like the players I don't blame the players really when you know the short-termism is within the ownership as well they're not talking about next season they're signing players which Okay, five is a good signing, but you could tell at the start of the season, Shaqiri, Boateng and Emerson were all short-term signings as well with the next two or three seasons at the max in line. So, yeah, it seems to be a coexistence on the pitch and off the pitch. But going back to what we saw on the pitch, Tom, is there anything you could really take from a positive in terms of, obviously, we've got a big match coming up next week against, well, this week, Against West Ham, is there anything other than possibly the fight at the end to be able to at least claw a result that you can take, which you know we'll need against West Ham?
1: Yeah, I mean, we fought until the end. I guess Toko can be, um, it was good to see him back in the starting 11. I don't think he'd really been back since his uh, COVID and so on. Um, I'd like to underline because I mean, we'll probably talk about him later on, but um, a decent appearance from Polisbeck. I think um, he brought off a few good saves uh, for someone who's barely played, if not played at all this season, uh, as we went out from the Cup really early. Um, Well, I don't see at what point. He might have played one or two games here and there from injury. I think
0: Lopez was suspended at some point, so he came in for at least a game. And then, obviously, he played the first half of the Paris game before that uh, got suspended in the Cup. Yeah. So,
1: he's barely played all season and he's come in and, and pull off a really important save within the first 10 minutes of him being introduced. Um, damn, Other than that, it's a, it's a difficult one because, you know, I'm sure we're underline the the poor performances from, obviously, the defence. The defence was pretty atrocious. I will say that Denial looked pretty confident at times. You know, I re-watched the, the highlights again this afternoon. Um, looks like physically he's holding up, so it might be you know, a good addition for the end of the season. Obviously, L'Equipe have, have revealed a huge surprise that Denier won't be staying next season. That's a, a huge surprise, but um, you know, it was good to see him physically being there. But uh, yeah, I think it, it's a difficult one to, to pick out the real positives. Uh, I think before we go into the real details and so on, I think I'd like to really underline the fact that we chose to have Enrique um, as... The guy marking a jork on corner kicks, which I think just encapsulates how amazing the club has been doing recently. The jork is like five times the size of Enrique, and and it's just you see him leaping as a salmon for it, and he's just nowhere near. Like a jork just stands there, hits it across. He's good. So yeah, I think rare positive is uh, is Paulo's back. On the highlights, we didn't see much of um, Jeff uh, the lead. Uh, I'm not sure if there's anything that you picked up on him, but um, I guess that's a s- slight positive of the injuries is that we'll get to see him a bit more. I'm hoping he can deliver, but uh, it's uh, he was pretty bleak, I think, overall. And minutes for Barcola. Well, you know, you've got to, like five minutes.
0: The fact we're picking off substitute appearances as the the Bryce-Barks of games, is it all, really? I think you're right about Polisbeck, which is obviously um, something that we're going to need Whether the fact it looks like Lopez is going to be out for the match against West Ham in the week. It also looks like um, Awa is a doubt, and there's murmurs over whether Ndombele actually went off injured or not, but it looks like it could be an injury. So there three possible absences for the, the match against West Ham. Is that really the misery compiler of the game, Jonathan? The fact that three of the entrance substitutions were enforced and we're going to be without three key plays for West Ham next week.
2: Uh, yeah, uh, just you know, when things you know go bad, they just keep getting worse. Um, I'm I'm not I'm hopeful. I I like to think that Lopez is going to come back. I don't know. It looks like it's just a hematoma. I, I don't know. You know, he just got hit. I have a hard time thinking he won't make it for this huge match. But if he doesn't, Beck will have to, to show up. Um, he's obviously not as good as Lopez overall, but on a few performances here and there, um, he can do a decent job. Just got to be careful with the ball. Um, but yeah, losing Kakure and, and Dombelé and Awar at the same time, um, I, I don't know how you play. I really don't know who you would put in the midfield. It's a, it's a problem. Um, would it be Jeffren and Adelaide and... and uh, and Paqueta in the midfield, those two, and you would just have that. And I mean, it, and it's not ideal, but I'm I'm feeling more and more confident about the West Ham match because I think they're they're not playing well. If you look at their last ten games, they're losing most of their games. They lost again this past weekend, and uh, I think I think we can take them. I, I really think so. So without a midfield, it's going to be tough. Um, and I've given up on the league season. You know, I'm, I'm now rooting for a sixth place finish with hopefully a conference league position available. That's what we're rooting for now. So it's really sad. So, you know, if we're eliminated uh, on Thursday, then it doesn't matter about the injuries. You can take everyone, send everyone home, like, you know, the Lakers do in basketball. It's like season over. You don't have to play anymore. Just uh, go home.
0: Yeah, the fact that's a distinct possibility, again, is... Seriously, seriously depressing. We we, we apologise for the pressing tones of the podcast, but it almost gets to a stage it's been where... A it's a
1: season long a generation. <laughs> it's yeah. been
0: all season long. It's it's something, you know, we're here to talk about Leon and other than the successes of the academy and the women's scene, there's not a lot other than a bit of hope in the Europa League to talk about. I think the league season's done. I don't know about you guys, but... You've just said there, Jonathan, are you agreed the same opinion, Tom, that there's no real outcome that can come out of the league this season? I think it's 10 points off the Champions League places, six points off Europa Conference. Do you see with seven games to go, there's any possibility we can get into Europe? It
1: it really relies on teams like Strasbourg falling off, um, which I don't really see happening. So... I don't know. If you want to do a funky end of the season like we did last year, you know, bring in the the likes of of Barcola and and Kaita play a bit more. Uh, Who knows? We might get really excited and see Mohamed El Arouche get some minutes. It's the only only positives, again, as earlier. It's like getting excited over substitutions and getting the youth team to play a bit more. Um, I I never totally give up. Um, If 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 I was a person, I gave up. I would have given up on the club a lot long ago. You know, we've had some dark years with with Remy Gard and all that stuff. There's been some pretty tragic times. Um, I, I firstly I still believe in qualifying. Um, you know, we we said last week that um, we would. I mean, some of us. I mean, Jonathan still believes it's going to be penalties. But, um, you know, uh, I still believe that we'll make it through. I watched uh, Brentford beat West Ham this weekend and it was pretty atrocious. So, Um, there's hope. But for the league, well, I mean, don't give up completely. You know, we all know that even if it's not a European spot, an extra spot higher up in the table is a difference of like five or three or four million, something like that. Um, it's it's not huge, but it might be able to pay, um, someone's salary for an extra five months. Um, keep, you know, extend Kakro by a few months, whatever. But take it, you know, take whatever you can, and uh, I just don't want. Obviously, if we finish higher than Garcia's first season, then that means we're European. Uh, I guess, um, let. Let's aim to at least finish on par before we have the whole of Twitter going. Rudy Garcia was better than Peter Bosch, which I don't want to have to see this summer. Realistically, I don't want to have to see that. I'm not saying I disagree or agree, but it's just not the type of vibe I want to go through this summer. So I'm going to try and change that narrative and try and fight for something that we can actually get. And uh, maybe Europe, maybe Um you both know how funky and amazed I am with the Conference League, so maybe Leon playing Conference League would be the best thing ever. But uh, it's it's a bit sad that we're getting excited for that. So it's not completely over, but I think it's going to be really tricky.
0: The Conference League looks like the only realistic avenue from this point. I think if we can get Conference League, would I be ecstatic? Like you've just. Described, probably not, but you know, having something to look forward to during the midweek, something to watch, um, is still a benefit. And obviously, we want to see Leon playing European football, whether it's Conference League, Intertoto Cups, or whatever else. We want to see Leon playing in Europe. So the Conference League is better than nothing, but even still, that looks like an uphill battle at this point. Going back to the Strasbourg game itself. In terms of tops and flops, is there anyone you can pick out, Jonathan, that had a seriously good game or even average game based on you know how meh the performance was?
2: I guess I'll go... I mean, we're not picking a good performance here. We're just picking the best, better performance, I would say. I guess Kombi was decent. He had a goal. He's active. You know, that's for the most I can say. They, he didn't create anything for themselves. You know, Dembele had a few chances, so you no, know, football is, is interesting sometimes because things can change. You know, if you if you score your chances, it's kind of a different game. He had two huge opportunities. If he scores one, he was winning, and it's a completely different match. So he put himself in good positions with good runs, but he didn't finish. But I would say only Toko Kami was decent, um, and Polosbek, like you said, was good. But really, we're not picking good performances here. The team as a whole was poor.
0: Yeah, if you were going to give flops, I think the team itself, really, I don't think... I don't think we could expect the same team that played against West Ham to play, so rotation was necessary and expected. I don't want to see Damian De Silva again uh, with Denier at centre-back again, to be honest. I think it got bullied in terms of the fact they couldn't win headers against Ajok. He was winning everything in there. Ajok's not a good... um, a good case study to go against, but you know, if you're going to be a solid centre back partnership, you need to be able to deal with the threats that come against you. Really, and they couldn't do that in any form of all sense of the way. Um, is there anyone in particular, Tom, that you could pinpoint that was a downfall for the performance in general? I mean, Damian de Silva for the goal. I just don't. Yeah, I don't even know why he bothers to jump for the ball. To be honest, it's just a he does now. I don't think he actually jumps for it. Probably right. Uh,
1: but, uh, other than him, I mean, Dimberley, as you said, got into good situations, but it just felt like he had his Timberlands back on. It just it's all over the place. Like the type of running and uh, just the shooting was all over the place. Um, I think, unfortunately, Tete really didn't have a great appearance. I mean, obviously he's only he's not fit and and it's slowly getting to get into the team um and we don't really want to be picking on him but everyone was so excited about seeing him start for the first time and it was a bit of an underwhelming performance so but he's not responsible for the defeat you know attacking wise it's not so much their fault um i'm not good, i'm not part of that whole <clears throat> clan that's going completely against him but there's definitely a bit of an argument against Paqueta these last few weeks. Um I'm not saying that he should be removed from the club and he should, you know, go and go back to Italy, whatever. No, I'm not that serious. But there's a lack of implication in games at times. It's just which is very unlike him. You know, he's always the first to run around and and get the ball back and so on. And recently it's been a bit like he's not feel quite himself obviously he gets the assist for Dembele's goal against West Ham and and good for him and still shows up with a few tricks and here and there but um, yeah when we know how dependent we are on him going forward uh, obviously when he doesn't show up then you can really tell so I think I'll, I'll put it up there obviously you've already mentioned uh, the defence which was all over the place Dembele in the Silva especially so I think it's there. It's it's the <clears throat> the whole central line. You know, Dembele, Paqueta. I'm not sure who to pick out in that midfield. I don't think either of them are pretty bad, but you know, Damien de Silva and then Lopez didn't have the best of games while he was on the pitch.
0: So the whole team then essentially.
1: Well, I was gonna go like the the French Colonel Tibet, the the, the, the Spine of the team.
0: Yeah, it's a fair comment to be honest. Whether you're going to go through everyone in the team, you could pick out a bad point for everyone. I think obviously, (laughs) and Bali and Alvar going off injured in Lopez. Maybe it's a bit harsh to blame things on them. But even still, they didn't set the world alight when they were on the pitch. I guess for Strasbourg, it's as simple as saying Leon weren't good enough. It makes Europe really difficult, and does it put you in confidence for West Ham in? Midweek, I guess, is kind of the question we'll allude to later on. But let's touch on the West Ham game first. I think there's lots of talking points from that game, obviously. Away at a pretty lively London stadium once the game got going, I'd say to begin with, it was a bit tense, quiet and nervy on both teams' parts, really. But towards the latter end of the uh, the first half, apologies, things started to pick up a bit and atmosphere started building. And then obviously on the stroke of half-time, Bam! There's the um, there's the wink from um Dembele and the challenge from Cresswell. I guess the point main...
1: 2006 Ronaldo, Ronaldo 2006, yeah. all <laughs> over again.
0: it is. It's the Euros wink at Rooney. Did it? Did it backfire? Possibly, but um, yeah. I guess really, the main talking point was what are your guys' opinions on what happened? I'll come to you first, Jonathan. Was it a red card?
2: That's <laughs> tough. If it was against me, I would be pissed. But by the letter of the law, I I think it's a red card. Um, If it was a penalty, I think it would be a yellow card. I don't know if that makes sense, but I just think that's more fair, not to the double sanction. Um, But, yeah, because you you cancel the goal opportunity. There's a clear foul play, not trying to play the ball. So I think it's a a red card. Um, Although, you know, um, I'd be pissed off if it was against my team.
0: I think you're right. By the letter of the law, it is a red card in the sense that he's going clear on goal. His touch might be the only argument that you could possibly say that he's veering away from goal on a tighter angle and the trajectory of the ball. But in literal terms, Cresswell upheavals him. He's running in behind. He's going to have a shooting opportunity to test Ariola and he doesn't get that as a result of the uh, intervention. So I think the red card is right. From a, I guess, justified point of view, Tom, would you have given the red card if you were in that situation? Do you think it detracted from anything from the game with the way it was going?
1: I mean, I was chilling with my fondue with another West Ham fan, uh, and I had to stay really quiet about it. It was a really challenging time. I was like, no, I don't know how I feel about this. Um, looking back on it since, I mean, there is a pull at the shoulder, um, and he is the last guy standing, I guess. I mean, Zoom is not too far, but um, you could see as soon as he was going on goal, it was like, it's it's going to happen. It's going to be a red card. And as always, say, you know, over the years and over the last few months of the podcast, I've always said, if you put yourself in the position, where you are liable to a referee decision, then, you know, that's on you as well. Obviously, he could have gone either way, but I think that whole element of last man standing uh, with Dembele in pretty good scoring form, or not scoring form, you know, it's a striker with with number nine on the back, he's going to shoot from there. So, he's cancelled a pretty clear-cut opportunity. So, yeah, I mean, it's... Not the most obvious red card, but you know it is a red card, and I think as Jonathan said, if it was against us, we'd be pissed. But at the end of the day, we have to take it, and we've had worst red cards against us, I think, in the past. So um, Cresswell should know that if he's doing that, you know, with the experience he has, it's going to be pretty serious, uh, and so he's putting himself in a position to to be liable for red card.
0: Yeah, he did himself no favours. I think the argument that West Ham fans will make is, did the contact of the foul justify the reaction of going down in the way he did? I think that's the only argument other than the fact he's probably on a smaller angle from a neutral or biased West Ham point of view, that it's not a red card. But Obviously, that shaped things up in the second half. At that point, until that point, it was probably 50-50 maybe West Ham had a bit more joy with the ball in terms of countering with us, playing with the ball a bit more in front of them and not being able to create anything. I think that transgressed into the second half. But really, from that point, do you think we were able to take advantage of their, I guess, disadvantage? Or was it just a typical Leon moment where the fact, we've got 11 men, but we don't know how to punish the fact they've got more space to be able to play in. And obviously, they took the opening. Uh, goal in not the cleanest fashion, but when you're a man down and you can nick one on the counter attack, you're taking that. So I guess really, Jonathan, do you think the second half performance was good enough from Leon with the fact that we went a goal down and had a man advantage?
2: It was it was a good second half, but very frustrating in in the result because you are you know you have an opportunity to take them out. You know you score two or three goals you pretty much have won the leg, won the, the, the matchup. So you had an opportunity to take advantage of this red card. They didn't, um, you know, West Ham played, played well, defended very well, like a, you know, like a British team can. And uh, they had opportunities. They had 23 shots on target, I think, Leo, and um, we had, you know, we kept fighting to the end. They scored, they tied it, which is important not to lose. So it's hard because if you said before the game, like we talked before the you know the last podcast, if we did, uh, no a tie gain we'd be happy with that we'd be happy with a draw in London um, so overall good performance you know I think it was a fair draw without the red card it was going to be maybe the same result so it didn't really have a big impact which is why it's frustrating on our part because we should have taken advantage but coming back home 1-1 overall good performance what I liked was in the first half it wouldn't feel like you know, it was less good than West Ham I never felt oh we're, we're getting crushed and this is just were hanging on by a thread. And so the, they, I don't know if West Ham can be that upset that the red card did completely change dynamics. It wasn't like they were dominating and then now they have to defend. It was equal. Then the second half, they had to defend more, but they scored. So, you know, it is what it is. We, we're happy with the performance. It always can be better because you have to score your chances. And that's what i want to regret in the second half or the second leg is we don't win. And... We had this moment where we could have we could have taken them out, and it's like in boxing or something—you have someone groggy, and you didn't take them out, and now the new round, and then they come back and get you. So uh, just hope that they learn their lesson, which I'm sure they didn't, um, and and try to do the same thing at home.
0: For sure, I think the performance was—I think even's the good word to use. The thing that I liked, Tom, was the fact we were we were probably better with the ball than we have been for a long time in terms of the fact we were passing the ball around nicely, particularly in front of their box in the final third. But the glaring thing that was missing was that killer pass to be able to create a clear amount of openings. I'm trying to go back into the match and think of some... Big chances. I mean, it's been six days since the match, so that's probably why I have a lack, but even still, are you over, Are you understanding why we're able to pass the ball around so nicely, even when they had 11 men, but there's no real clinical edge in terms of being able to find that final pass when you've got players like Awa, Paqueta, and Dombele, who should all be able to find that sort of killer pass.
1: Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, but I guess it's always a question of. They say it at least a lot in French. It's you know, it's not the pass that brings the 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 run; it's the run that brings the pass. And I guess you could also put that on on Dembele of of not being in the right positions as well. Um, but it's a shared fault. I think uh, seeing the midfield that we had at the time, our Paquette and Dembele, you'd think that you'd get better opportunities to go up front and goal and and to have a proper go at Ariola, who I think is, is a decent keeper, but not exactly a world beater. Um, so, yeah, we lacked opportunities. Uh, yeah, again, as you said, I don't remember that many chances. I remember Lopez taking some out of our of our goal. Um, I don't remember Ariola doing all that much. I mean, he's been under pressure a few times when Dembele has run him down, a bit like Benzema's done over the last few weeks, but um yeah we we lacked opportunities um and i think uh Fevre again had a bit of a disappointing one but uh again you know it comes down to tete coming on and uh, doing a great run and going to the byline which i think we've not really seen really that much uh, over the last few years and you think back to Traore, you think to, to Maxwell Corner, you think um, Shakiri, and so on. Uh, we've always had inverted right wingers who don't really know how to go to the byline. So good for Tete for, for pushing that. And as soon as he took the ball there, you just knew that it was going to gonna happen. Ben Johnson was all over the place and not in the right position. So hats off to Tete for coming on and doing another decent job. Um, so, yeah, that's the, the main positives. But again, you know, we didn't create that many opportunities to score more. Um, we did say last week we would take a draw or we'd uh, like to take anything where we're less than a, a goal down. Less than two goals down, that's what I meant. Um so you know, we'll take the one all but I think if you're going if you're eleven against ten for most of well all the second half, then firstly you shouldn't be conceding. And secondly you probably should be doing better than that at least opportunity-wise, not necessarily scoring more, but opportunity-wise for sure.
0: Yeah, on paper the 1-1 seems like a decent result based on you know how we spoke on the podcast last week. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I guess the performance and the connotation and context of the fact that they had 10 men makes it a little bit of a missed opportunity, and then as you said Jonathan, if we come back next week and we're talking about Leon being eliminated from the Europa League, you'll look back to that second half and think, firstly, why are we conceding such a poor goal? Allowing them to counter-attack with such pace when we know the threats of Antonio and Bowen um, and formality was involved in the goal. Um, And then, not being able to create the chances in the final third despite the, obviously they were playing with a low block at times, but With the plays we've got on the pitch, the technical ability, as you said, Tom, the positions that Dembele, Tete should be able to pick up, it wasn't the performance we'd expect. Do you think we'll be able to take that same sort of style of playing, I guess use the same game plan next week, Jonathan at home, obviously we're going to have the fans behind us, which will be a big bonus, but do you think we can approach the game the same way with this passing style and be vulnerable to them on the counter-attack?
2: Uh, I think that's the plan. I do think now that the injuries we just discussed earlier um, make a difference because Awar and Ndombele, Paqueta in the midfield is super technical and is better than what West Ham has with the ball. So at home, we should be able to control possession, control the play. And yes, uh, West Ham counts on their counters with Antonio, who's so strong. And uh, that's, that's their gameplay. So I don't know if that's going to be the case because we don't know our midfield. And if our midfield is... Players, like if we put Thiago Mendes back in the midfield, who had a good game, but he's less technical with the ball. He's more passive to someone else. And, um, you know, I don't know who else you put next to him, but it really depends on, on what our, our lineup is. But I would still say that, you know, as a, as a team is, is has the French flair and is more technical than West Ham, and that's what we have to play with. We're less physical, and that's that's always been the dilemma of you know Premier League teams against French teams is, they're better with the pressing. They're better as a team. They're better defensively, and uh, it will need some good individual play and some good skill. So, I don't know if we're gonna pass. Uh, you know, I had predicted the penalty kicks two two, so I was right in the first leg. I still think that I I, I want to hope. I want to hope that we can beat them. Like I said, I think West Ham is. They're not. This is this is unusual for them to be in this position. They're so excited to be there. This is a home game. The quarterfinal Europa League. one's been here before. We've been much better teams in this situation. I think, I think we can do it. I think we'll do it. And I'm I'm pretty. It's the whole season now. So this is our final. This is it for us. So, you know, let's do it. West Ham. West Ham still has many other games to think about. You know, they're still in the race for top six in Premier League. They have a very exciting season. So, they have their mind elsewhere, sort of. Because, am actually be fascinating to hear that in the in in a, in Britain? You no, know, people. You guys think that sometimes the Premier League's more important even than Europe. Uh, that you know, I read this whole argument with Liverpool, about whether winning the Champions League or winning the Premier League is more important. And so, you know, some people actually think that the Premier League is more important. So I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if West Ham would think that a top five or top six finish is better than winning the Europa League. But uh, let's hope for us, for Lyon. It's it's been the dream for for no matter what. No, for, entire life, but really since since Olas took the club to win a European tournament. So I think we're all in and whatever it takes.
0: You're right about this being the pinnacle of what Leon has been about since, you know, the seven title wins in a row. The thing that eluded was the European success. Obviously we've come close in the Champions League and Europa League getting to semi final since then in recent years. This feels like now or never really in terms of this team being able to do anything of this magnitude. The rest of the teams left in the competition are probably stronger than Leon. I watched the Atalanta Leipzig game before uh, before Leon West Ham and I looked at both those teams and thought, you know, they're probably more, more capable of winning the Europa League than we are. So, <clears throat> it'll be difficult, but we've got to believe and if we don't believe, we're going to need a huge amount of luck to get to where we want to be. Um, in terms of what we can expect from West Ham in the second leg, Tom, are you kind of expecting that they'll be happy to do the same thing again? Uh, use the pace of Ben Rahm, of Bowen on the counter attack, hopefully get those long balls to Antonio, as you pinpointed in the last podcast, that he was pretty much all over Luke Haber and Mendez, particularly when he moved there in the second half. He, he won that battle. So do you think that's going to be the same tactic, or do you think they'll try? Mix things up a little bit and exploit the fact we're not going to be as technical in midfield if we do have the injuries that Jonathan's just mentioned. I don't, I disagree
1: that Antonio was all over Lukeba. I think Lukeva actually contained him quite well at times. There's a few, no? Okay, well, I thought he did a pretty, pretty okay job. I think at times I remember a few interventions where it was like quite obvious that Antonio was going off to goal and Lukeva came in, but I guess we'll have our difference in us of the game, um. But yeah, I think West Ham have have always, I mean, much of this season and much of the time under Moyes has been very counter-attacking, especially with Bowen now uh, being able to to use uh, the pace on the wings and so on. So I doubt they'll change much of their game plan. Uh, I guess the only change they'll have is he's bringing Ben Johnson in for for Cresswell, who had another appalling performance this weekend against Brentford, so at least that might be a positive for them that he's suspended. Um, we might have less of a threat on, on you know uh, free kicks and so on as well, because Kressel is obviously a brilliant uh, sister. But uh, yeah, I guess they'll have to adapt. I don't know if Moyes will have any idea of what kind of midfield we'll be coming with. Uh, to, to Leon. Um, I don't think Leon yeah. even know what kind of midfield they're gonna line up with either. So, um, I don't know how he's gonna really adapt to all of that. But in the end, it's gonna be something similar to what they, they do very well, which is counter attacking. Maybe use a bit more of Rice uh, to break the lines. Um, because he's gonna have less of of Indombele uh, to to you know go through. He might have someone like Sergio Mendes who's a bit slower. Um. So, no, I don't expect much of a different setup from, from West Ham. Um, and, again, because there's no uh, away goal, then they don't necessarily need to attack that much. I mean, I'm sure they'll be quite happy to, to take any counterattack at the end of the game or even go to extra time. You know that physically, West Ham by nature are going to be longer standing, even though a lot of tired, uh, players are tired because there's not much rotation. But there's no doubt that the Leon players... Physically, it's not ideal. And secondly, well, the Premier League is just more physical. But That's just the way it is. So um, I don't expect much of a change in the second game. Hopefully a bit more chances on both sides just to make it a bit more entertaining. But otherwise, we should expect something quite similar from West Ham, at least from Leon, There should be a lot of changes. And um, I really don't know who they're going to bring out from the hat. Maybe something completely different. Maybe a free 5 2 Who knows? We don't have enough centre-backs to play a 3-5-2, but
0: we can try. I'd like to see us try something as bold and daring as that, but I guess in a Leo game... Leo Dubois,
1: that's a, for a centre-back?
0: No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no you Capable you. of doing it is If it's coming to Leo Dubois playing as a third centre-back in a Europa League quarter-final, we really need to take a serious look at ourselves. Um, I guess the... Big um disagreement there was the Antonio thing. They only said Antonio was based on looking at the match numbers. Luke was a bit more diminutive in terms of his stature and build, and there was times where he's been off the back of him and playing balls off. And he, his dual percentage was 40%. It's normally in the 60s, so I'd say from that side of things, he possibly struggled. But you're right, there were times where he was able to deal with him. But him dealing with Antonio is one of the... Um, One of the big things. I'm not going to go as far as saying what Joe Cole and Carlton Cole were saying, like that Antonio had played the best game of his life in terms of the hassle that he played for our back line. I wouldn't say that, but he is able to cause problems when he's not scoring goals, and he did that against us on Thursday night. Hopefully, we can keep him quiet. I guess, really, the only thing to talk about is the fact we all said it would be a draw, I think, from the first. Leg and we are going into that with the second leg. So for once we did well on the prediction side of things. I guess the next prediction is are you have you got the confidence that we will be able to get through to the semi finals? Are we gonna upstand? I know Jonathan, you said we'd lose on penalties. Me and Tom said we'd go through. I think we both said extra time. Um, are you are you going to keep your predictions based on the fact we've potentially got three injuries on top of Kakare being out? We're not sure what the midfield's going to look like. Uh, you know, we've pinpointed some of their dangers with Antonio Bowen, uh, Ben Benrahma, Fournals, Rice. You know, they've got some really good players. To get to the point, Tom, are you sticking with the qualification to the semi-finals?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um whether it's an extra time, I don't know, but yeah, I definitely would, I, I'm not going to go as convincing as a two nil win. I think it'll be a, a you know, a short one, but, uh, I'd say one nil. It's a Dembele penalty because Zuma is very capable of, um, of doing that. You know, we all have a good X Hunter 10 player, uh, giving away, um, penalties, you know, Colors of Jack is a good example of that. So, um, Zuma, if you want to give us a good donation, we'll promise we won't uh, sing about your cats in the stadium and let you be. I
0: thought there was, a,
1: there was an end to the um, the. Kurt oh yeah, no, no, that was it. That was like it's, you know we will leave him alone with his cats and then if you can give us a penalty, we'll take it.
0: Yeah. Uh... No, I, I'd love to see that former San etienne player essentially handing us the game. Whether it happens, I think Kurt uh, was a bit better than Timothy colisez But, uh, you know, once San etienne always San etienne So you never know. Um, are you of the same opinion, Jonathan? Are you thinking it's going to go to penalties and that West Ham will end up being victorious? Or has your, uh, your opinion changed based on, I guess, the circumstances and the fact, you know, it's Leon there? The, the incomprehensible can sometimes happen.
2: It's hard. Like, you know, my brain and my heart is completely different. I, I really believe that Lyon is going to win. I think we're going to even win the Europa League. I really, I believe that this is our worst year is going to be our best year. I, I kind of, I agree with Ola sort of like, I don't know. It doesn't make sense, but I have belief that this is going to happen. Um, but my brain tells me we're going to screw it up because they've shown us all year that in big matches, they don't, they didn't do well. They did not perform, and when they need to perform, so I could see West Ham winning on a one-nil. You know, just defending, scoring the counter, and then holding on. But I'll predict the opposite. Up, I'm going to predict a two-one um, Lyon win because if it goes to penalties, I know Lyon loses. I just I, I do not have any faith in Lyon penalties with our goalkeeper situation. Um, so if there's no experience in the moment. I, I'd like to think Lyon can can win at home. Because I, I've been really surprised by West Ham's form lately. They really are weaker in and in not in a good place. So um, I'm going to use my heart and say Leon wins 2-1, even though my brain tells me we're probably going to screw it up.
0: It's a head and heart situation. I think um, but that goes for everyone, really. I'm the same. I'm not going to say that. We couldn't lose the game three 0 like I said last time. But I'm going to say we do win. I'm going to stick with my prediction that we win in extra time. I think Topgolf is going to score the winner in extra time, one one over normal time, and then we we snatch it in extra time. I think anything dramatic like that would be um would be a nice way to go through. You know, it can instill a bit of belief and enjoyment. Drama does that. So fingers crossed on that front. We can, we can get through and as you said, Jonathan, win the Europa League. I like the fact you've got the belief in Europe despite the fact in the league it's hard to watch at times. Um, I, I guess on your part, Tom, uh, are, are Leon going to win the Europa League? Are you with the same belief?
1: Um. Is Leon being a European champion this year? Obviously, like, what else can we expect? Leon has definitely been the most regular team and consistent team throughout the whole season, and they're deservedly European champions. What else could we think? I, I don't really see what else we can expect, you know? Who are Barcelona? We've never heard of these people. It's like uh, N S Murat, like, it's the same type of level as we can expect in the next round. Um, and you know what? I think it's going to be Enrique is going to score an overhead kick in the final. I, I just see it. It's a severe wonder goal. Um, in all seriousness, uh, if we make it through, good. Um, although there is no guarantee that Barcelona make it through next round, you know you just never know with Frankfurt. It was a difficult first game. Um, I don't even think Barcelona deserved to have a draw in on that one, but um, Barcelona have the quality and are back in style. Uh if if injuries are long lasting, you think of our you think of, of Kakre and so on, Kakre probably will be back for the at least one of the games, maybe even both. Um but you just gotta think of Barcelona's midfield and how they could overrun us. And we just know that Barcelona don't really, you know, not very gentle with us over the years. Um thinking back to the, the time that we brought Luca Tuzar and Martin Terrier to the Camp Nou going, Yes, we could definitely do this. We could definitely win a European game. And and, and just the most iconic tweet from the club of Jean saves a penalty for Messi. Just just what the hell? It's just never gonna happen again. But um I have I have small faith, you know. I, I gen- generally thought that last time we were in the semi final of the Europa uh, Europa League, we could have gone through. Uh, it got really tight against Ajax. Um, it got somewhat tight in the first half against Bayern and uh, the final eight. Somewhat, we <laughs> got thrashed afterwards. But you know, we had to. It could
0: have been, been up in that game.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, if we didn't court. have Poto Canby, yeah, then yes, we would be <laughs> we would be in the lead. So. Um, but there's always something about the semi-final of a European competition, you think back to Bayern 2010, that also was a thrashing, so who knows but uh, I think a semi-final of the Europa League is something exciting to look forward to if we qualify and uh, if we can push it a bit further than that and make it to the final then great, Um, I don't want to go to all the way to Sevilla and just lose to like, I don't know who else could be there, uh, Atalanta would probably be there Leipzig um. You know, I think that with the budget that we have and the sort of academy elements of the club, uh, if we're playing someone like Leipzig in the final, then we should be on par and should be competing for it. Now we all know they have a future Ballon d'Or, Christopher and Kunku playing there. But you know, it's uh, there's teams in there that we could be competing with and there's also unrealistic expectations of us being able to compete with anyone higher than not in the league. So... We just don't know what to expect, uh, but there is that European element with Leon this year, and, and uh, there's just a little feeling that yes, Olas and his wild dreams are a bit weird. And, and him imagining us lifting the Europa League in Sevilla in a few weeks is a bit of a wild one, uh, but if you can't dream, then what's the point of being a Leon fan? Because the reality of everyday life is pretty harsh.
0: I think among the tones of sarcasm and seriousness, you've probably got it right somewhere in there. Yeah. Whether <laughs> I tried. finals get yeah. knocked out in the quarterfinals or win the whole thing, but I think especially the- finally scoring in the final—that's that's just the highlight. <laughs> if you're gonna do anything, all you can do is believe. Really, I guess it's the the thing. Hopefully, with you know potentially two-pack games at the Group Armour Stadium. I think we'll be the away leg as well for the semi-finals, which would also help. So, yeah, anything from that side of things, if we can get to a semi-final, it's always something to look forward to, whether we get battered by Barcelona or not. It's always something that will be memorable of the season. It's some form of success anyway. We spoke about that as being a... A pinpoint target, really getting towards the semi-finals of the Europa League would look like a successful season if we have European football, but we don't. So obviously everything's pinning on this. Away from Europa League, then I know obviously there's not a lot to talk about in terms of other than injuries. But with the young guns being able to get to the final of uh, the Coupe Gambardella, winning the semi-final at home with one thousand five hundred spectators at the training ground, I guess. You, you, you were the one that wanted to talk about this, Tom Twala. So I'll, um, I'll hand the floor over to you. But is this something we can get excited about towards the start of the season? Obviously, the finals played at the Stade de France. You know they've been at the Stade de France more than the first team has been, so that's kind of sad again. But obviously, it's nice to see the young players doing well.
1: There's, uh, there's so many great elements in this. I mean, um, you know, I've watched. I've watched some of the games in full. This one, I I called the highlights. I want to shout out, uh, Gun Academy for for bringing the highlights as usual. Um, I, I imagine they'll probably put out a another video of uh, just uh, Mohamed El Arouche's highlights because that's that's what they do every time because they know it gets traction on YouTube. But uh, he had another stellar performance. You know, the captain was running around. I, Bar Cavani. I don't really. I've never seen really an attacking player run that much to press someone down uh, other than Benzeman goalkeepers. So um, hats off to him. Hats off to the whole club, I think, really. you know, uh, Eric Kelly has been in charge for a few years now, and uh, they went down to, to corner kick um, within the first 10 minutes. And it was difficult mentally to get back into a game. We know the the DNA of, of Leon is not to fight after being down a one goal. So... Uh, it's good that the young players are trying to change that identity, and um, you know there's been some great opportunities. All four goals in the game, uh, because they ended up three one for Leon came from from set pieces. Generally, there was a penalty as well uh, involved in there. Um, I guess they 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 played them a lot better than we do the corner kicks at at, at lower level. But Belarus um, had a stellar game. Um, you know, furo as well in, in midfield did really well. So. And obviously, you know, in the line of, of Lopez and, and great young goalkeepers that we're bringing out, Mr. Mathieu Patouille uh had another stellar performance, saving a penalty in the in the second half. He said on the club website that they're going to Stade de France to win it. Uh, they're playing Caen at the end of the season, hopefully with with you know aiming for quite high numbers in the Stade de France. It'd be a bit sad if if it's just like two thousand people in the eighty thousand st- stadium. But uh, I'm expecting big things. I think the bad gun really showed up at the training ground and brought the flares. And it was really, you know, a sunny afternoon in Lyon with lots of fans. So that was good to see. And, uh, you know, in the line of, of many of the great academy generations of the club, uh, winning the bandella is not something that's happened much, even with great players. So it would be good to, to not just reach finals and actually winning them.
0: For sure, I think it shows signs of progression with the academy, with the with the fact that they're winning things. If they've got a winning mentality from an early age, whether it's a youth cup or not, they can bring that into the first team in the next few years. I think you mentioned Belarus, the striker. I think it's yeah, you know, Sauer- Lager Yannis scored two goals. Yeah. Or as you said, he, he presses a lot. Petouille, is that Petuier, right? Yeah. Um, they're talking about signing the third choice goalkeeper from Cannes in general. So you know when he's pulling off stops like that in the reserves maybe there's an argument that he could be the maybe. future i mean as,
1: a, as an old as an old guard
0: from leon and um, yeah, yeah i know he's, he's from but... the from the past but in terms of obviously bonivie osman um, and bacolas contracts are all yeah. at the end of the season no, the court... you
1: could definitely fit in um, if if they need a backup backup keeper then yeah sure i think yeah. he might be he might feel a bit hard done by if they bring in Miriu, who's got a lot of yeah. experience but um you know, he's he's really young. He's still like seventeen or eighteen, so yeah. he's got time to develop.
0: Yeah, sure, but it, it's nice to see some success away from the men's team when you can get things to be exciting. And I think the fact that one thousand five hundred fans went to the ground on, you know, I think it was the same day as the Strasbourg game. It was, um,
1: yeah, just, well, you know, I mean, I might have stuck around, you know, because it was um, it was early, it was mid afternoon. The young yeah. players and obviously training ground is only a few. Uh, 100 meters away from the stadium, so they might have okay. just stuck around and got both games.
0: Well, the the game was at the Stade de la Menor, so. Oh, wouldn't... sorry,
1: yes. Well, uh, Obviously, it's a lot further away. Yeah. Uh, they probably did make it to Strasbourg on time, though. <laughs> Yeah,
0: well, Obviously, some of those fans that are there with the flares, as you said, with the bad guns, the ultras would have been somebody that'd be looking to go to the away game, so the fact that they possibly prioritise that shows that the fans care as well, and I think I'll be tuning in for the final to see them at the Stade de France. It'd be be something big for the club. Even if we can't win the Europa League, we will have some success to look forward to. Are you of the same opinion, Jonathan? This only bodes well for the future, the fact that they're able to get to the final of such competitions with, you know, Elrouch is the main star, but as a team unit themselves, as Tom said, with Eric Healy on board. Is its it... Is it a promising sign for the future when things are a bit down and depressing in the first two
2: I mean it's it's a big accomplishment for the young guys and I think it's important because it adds attractiveness to Lyon for people who are young who are talented who want to come join Lyon so they say oh this team is good and I can you know we already know that Lyon's a great formation and, and it's a great place to be but you know winning also matters so if you win also it increases attractiveness for future talents I don't know you know, the problem with these younger squads is most players don't end up six even at this age and they're all talented. Most players don't end up Lyon players in the men. You know, there's only a handful at most. So if I wish all these players, a, a career and professional, and that's, that's good. So for people like LR Rouge that we know will be on the Lyon squad someday, this is a, a good moment to build for him to learn how to win. And hopefully that'll help him in his career. So, it's, and, and because this, you know, usually if Lyon was playing well, this is not as important as the side thing, but really this could be our only final of the whole year. So it's it's good to, something to celebrate and a real Lyon fan can celebrate any of the teams, no matter what age, and even the women's, everyone. So let's just uh, celebrate all of it.
1: Yeah, because I mean, the, the guy that Fofan has done, has done okay, uh, his level, I think it's under 18s possibly, uh, he's brought in a lot of, of youngsters as well there. Um, this is our first final in seven years in the Gambadella, which is not enough for, for someone in for the club who thinks that they're the best academy in the country, which I still believe we're somewhat up there, you know, with Rennes. Um, we lost the last final in 2015 against the Socials, so uh, it'd be good to, to win this one. Car uh, had a great, great game as well. I watched the highlights and, and there's big following there in car as well who we have a very good academy so um, be interested to see what, what we can bring out in the final but uh, it seems like a really good bunch who health, are healthy living you know if you've got a uh, subscription to OL well Play, then uh, I really suggest you go and uh, watch the behind the scenes they really seem like a, a fun bunch to to work with for Eric who's a real big father figure at the club and uh, it's good to see that uh, you can bring them there as Jonathan said brings the attractivity it shows that we're still competitive and can really push for, for the heights of, of this level. And um, but it's unfortunate that most of the players probably won't be professional with us. Um, if if at least the you know two or three of them can make it through, and and you know we've seen Kaita recently had a few appearances, maybe not enough, maybe he doesn't have quite the level to be breaking into the squad. But obviously we've seen Cherki, Kakre, Awar and all those lots come through the academy over the years. So. It'd be good to see another crop uh, come through in the next uh, six months, uh, as we know that uh, financially it's not always really stable at Lyon, and uh, this might be another solution to to keep on developing the club, as PSG might be following as well in in the years to come.
0: Yeah, development's everything. Obviously, you can be shrewd in the transfer market and bring players through that way but there's nothing better than having whether it be homegrown or a hometown boy come through your team and you know experience success I think everybody I speak for everyone within the club that they want to see more players from Leon or who've gro- grown up in Leon being able to win trophies with us so hopefully we've got we've got more of that to come. The, uh, the final's on the 7th of May, so hopefully we can we can talk about that more. I'll definitely be watching the game, even though if I haven't been tuned in for the rest of the matches, when it's a big occasion, you want to be involved. So I think we'll dedicate a section on the podcast to that. Obviously, away from, um, I guess, the men's football, obviously the women's are doing really well as well. The big Juventus in the, um, the quarterfinal, setting up a semi-final with Harris, who I know are trying to claw back a bit more of a level in terms of the women's game over the last few years. Obviously they've had some troubles off the pitch with the um, the law cases going on. The less said about that, the better. But oh I guess yeah, we're... that was an interesting one. <laughs> yeah, so just a time. But um, the the stronghold of French football hasn't been as strong over the last couple of years for Lyon. Obviously they've always been the dominant team for the uh, the women's game, but it's, it's loosened a little bit, but the fact they're able to get towards um, Champions League semi-finals, Ad Hedderberg's back in the squad, Renard's looking as good as ever. It, it's strong for the fact they're still being in those competitions. You've seen teams in the past, I'm referring to the men's game, that have been in European competitions, and then from there, they're not ever really able to capitalise on it. If Leon could win again this year, it'd show, they're not going anywhere and they're still coming back. Hopefully we can we can talk about that as well in the podcast in weeks to come. As you said, Jonathan, if we're going to be really on fans, you've got to get behind both teams. Whether it's youth teams, the women's team, and the men's team, even though the men's team's really difficult to be happy with at the moment. But yeah, we're we're all we're all behind the women's and the young the young lads ahead of their upcoming big games. But other than that, really, I don't think there's a lot to talk about. I say good luck to them against West Ham in midweek. Whether they listening or need it is a completely other matter but hopefully we can come back next week talk about progress hopefully we're in the semi-finals and we're talking about a game with frankfurt or barcelona but until then we won't really know so we'll catch you on the next one fingers crossed there's a europa leaf semi-final coming up but cheers guys thanks for listening and bye